I should have known. She didn't like me. I don't think anybody likes you. Jared, if you put your hands up like that again, we're getting a new producer. I like me. It's the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. So the Avalanche did, in fact, beat the Kings last night. The, King, the Kings had a one nothing lead after the first oh, period. I told you we just went out to dinner uh, at a local <laughs> establishment. The game was on behind the bar, but we were sitting in a booth down the road. I couldn't see it. I didn't even know which game it was. And when the Kings scored, I guess it was the end of first period. Very end, yeah, last just, minute. Just powering like cheers like people going crazy high-fiving and i didn't know what and i quickly realized oh they have to be watching the avalanche because they're golden knights fans and we stayed there for like an hour i didn't hear any more cheering <laughs> like like that's the like king scored in the final minute of the first yeah. period to take a one nothing lead the avalanche scored five goals yeah, in the second was, period but when they i mean it was a huge ovation and i'm like what is that over there and i'm like oh here we go so if we go back uh, April 28th is when the Golden Knights beat the Avalanche and had a six-point lead in the division with eight games to play for the Golden Knights, nine to play for the Avalanche. And we said on this show, oh, we said they totally we fall apart. Yeah, that it was yeah. over. Yeah, that was the over. the Golden Knights were going to win the division. Yep. And the Colorado Avalanche after that game went eight one and zero the rest of the season. Like they were as dominant as they could have been, and that's why the the, the gold. I wouldn't even say the Golden Knights honestly fell apart. Like they, they lost a game to Colorado that they were probably the better team in. And they lost that game to Minnesota where they had the lead and they, they were up a goal with what 90 seconds left and managed to lose without getting into overtime. If they get to overtime in that game, they win the division. Well, but that's that was really, overtime. that's well, really it. And the Avalanche went eight and one. Let's be honest. They weren't completely healthy either. Right. But that, but, uh, but which is pretty impressive. But that's what the thing is like yeah. the Avalanche won the, like, yes, I don't even, I don't think it's fair to say the Golden Knights lost. It. No, they I think it. the Avalanche won it yeah. because from that point, the Golden Knights, they, those were the two games they, that yeah. they lost. They blew it in, ter- in terms of, and okay, you lost to Colorado in a close game and you lost to Minnesota in a close game. It happens. They took care of business in pretty much every other game. The Avalanche just almost went undefeated, and that's why the Avalanche ended up winning this division. So it's fascinating, but I am curious. Now, we do we need to do any sort of playoff preview? They're playing the Wild. They start on Sunday. Next time we talk, it'll be after game one. Are they winning this series? I actually think they are. I always, I always think teams are going to win when over the last 24 hours I've been told why they're not. You know, the t- people are tweeting the all-time <laughs> records. People are tweeting what happened this year. And you kind of get caught up in – you get caught up in thinking a certain way and you forget that you're picking against the better team. They're better than the Wild. Now, again, the matchup hasn't been good for them for whatever reason, uh, but I actually think they win the series. Six. They should. They are – They're. I mean, they're the betting favorite. Um, I think the – I do think the Golden Knights are going to win this series. I do think the Golden Knights are going to have better goaltending. And I do think the Golden Knights are going to, if they're healthy, you're going to have better skaters. We don't really know if they're healthy. That's actually the key. Well, two keys we're looking for. Who does he start? I think I think we'll all be correct to say Fleury starts game one. I think the important part is who, who starts game two. Right. What's he doing? But the other thing, perhaps even more important, is who's healthy? Right. Is, like, Ma- is, is Max, Max Patch ready playing on Sunday? Alec Martinez. And is Max Pacioretty, let's say he's playing on Sunday, how good is he going to be? Right. He hasn't played the entire right. time. Like it's, I don't think it's that much, uh, that big of a deal that Ryan Reeves hasn't played because no. he just comes in to hit people. Like right. he's not out there to score. Pacioretty's got to score. Like we, we've seen the last two years when the Golden Knights get eliminated from the playoffs, 
it's when Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, Jonathan Marshall, William, it's when the top four or five scorers shut down, go yeah. into scoring drills. And so Max Pacioretty oh, he has, has a score. What has it been? Two weeks now? Something like that? Close to two yeah. weeks? He, he was going to have gone about two weeks without having played a game. Has he? I thought the other day, you might remember this. Did someone on Twitter, those guys have him on the ice at some point? I don't remember that. Because if he was on the ice, I think he played Reeves second. Reeves was. I, I know maybe Reeves was Maybe it sure. was Reeves. But Patch Reddy, no one said anything about it. I know Kelly McCrimmon's talking to the media actually in an hour on a Zoom. Now, maybe there's an update. But unless he's saying he's ready, there will be no update because they're not going to give an update right. on a guy who they don't know about. So, I yeah, like they didn't even, like Patch Reddy, you would assume, if he was close to healthy, they would have played him in that game against Colorado because they were down to 15 skaters and it was the biggest game of the year. And you would assume if he was a hundred percent, he would have at least played in the last game of the year against oh, San, San Jose, Jose just to get skating. As, in. Yeah, yeah. As like a tune up. Yeah. But we didn't see either of those. And again, there's a decent amount of time from that game against San Jose on Wednesday and Sunday, the first game of the playoffs. But again, we haven't seen him play. And if all of a sudden you're taking patch out of this lineup, who is scoring goals for this team, right? You're counting on Mark stone to do it. You're counting on March. So to do it, Carlson, Riley Smith has been better at the end of the season, but you're you're starting to run out of options of, okay, who's going to score the goals for the Golden Knights? And even though we both think the Golden Knights are better than Minnesota, it's not a big enough margin that if you go into a two- or three-game scoring funk, you're losing the series. Is there any chance, no matter how he goes into the playoff series with Minnesota, Flurry wins game one, four to one, that he would change him out in game two? Now, you might think he's going to, but then Flurry stops 32-33, and he looks really good. That's That mindset can change. Now, Flurry goes into game one and loses. Leonard's going to start game two. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But if he wins game one and he's good, he might have thought he was going rotation. But that, <laughs> for a coach, that's really hard. Right. That's really hard to do that. I think Marc-Andre Flurry's the starting goalie in game one. And they'll see. And I think Marc-Andre Fleury should be the starting goalie in game two, unless he gives up like seven. Like, I I honestly think it'll be a mistake for them to keep the goalie rotation going in the playoffs because the benefits of the goalie rotation are specifically tied to the regular season. Because we've actually seen over the last decade, goalies that get rest throughout the regular season are the ones that tend to perform better in the playoffs. Now, usually that rest is because they got hurt because teams don't actually give their goalies enough right. rest. But goalies that got rest through the regular season tend to perform better in the playoffs. Flurry was good in the playoffs in year one. Remember, he missed, what, 20 games because of a concussion. Like, Flurry was really good through the first three rounds of the playoffs in year one. So the benefits of the rotation in the regular season are that you're not wearing out either of your goalies. That doesn't exist in the playoffs. Because you're not playing back-to-backs. You're not playing three games in four days. Like, you don't need to rest the guys in the playoffs. You rest them in the regular season so they're ready to go in the playoffs. And so if Flurry gives you a better chance to win than Leonard, you should be playing him in every single game. So to me, if they go Flurry and then to Leonard in game two without Flurry having gotten, you know, destroyed in game one, to me, that's a mistake. They should pick Flurry. He's been better this year because here's the thing: the good thing for the Golden Knights is Leonard hasn't been bad. Leonard has been an no, above average goalie. The thing is, Flurry's been a top five goalie in hockey this year. He's been unbelievable this season. He should be playing every game until he proves otherwise in a game that he shouldn't be in. There. So what you're saying, and I'm translating here, is 
in my special section column with the headline, Continue the Rotation, you will disagree I disagree with it. completely <laughs> with it. They should play Flurry. At least every you disagree. Have series. an opinion about things. Um, I think, again, I don't, I would not be surprised if in his mind he would like to do the rotation, but I just think knowing coaches, knowing competitive, knowing paranoia, knowing all that goes into it, I think he's starting Flurry in game one, and if Flurry plays well, he goes with Flurry. I just think it's really hard. He could say, I'm going the rotation. We're going to stick the way it is. He might even tell those guys that. I don't think he'd play his hand with them. He's just going to say, hey, Mark's going to start game one, and we'll see. But it's really hard. Now, I, I, I'm 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 going to go against you a little here where I think Flurry could even lose 2-1 or 3-2, and he might come back to Leonard if they lose the game. If they win, I just think it's really hard, unless they win, like like you said, 6-5. It's like, you know, kind of outscored him. I think it's really hard to sit someone who wins. I do. Yeah, I think it, it's really it hard to sit someone who wins. And and honestly, if Flurry plays well, you shouldn't sit him regardless of the outcome. I mean, if they lose a game one nothing and Flurry stopped over thirty shots and they lost one nothing, it's not Flurry's fault they lost one nothing. So it it's the way the game plays out. Yeah, it's all good. His decision in game two is going to be whatever happens Sunday. You said you don't think he'd show he'd, he'd play his hand with his goalies. I don't think I don't think I would. If I'm him, I would just say hey. We're starting Flurry in game one. I, I don't know if I would tell Robin Leonard you are absolutely starting in game two because, like you said, what if it's a 4-0 shutout and Flurry's absolutely amazing? You're, you've already play, you've already given the guy a word you're starting game two. Why would you do that? Doesn't he have to, though? Doesn't he have to <sighs> over-communicate after last year and Marc-Andre Fleury and I the guess. tweet from Alan Walsh? <laughs> like, doesn't he have to over-communicate his plan? And maybe his plan is, we'll see, and that's all he tells them. But like, No, I could see him saying that, we'll see. But, like, last year, this team had the face of the franchise agent send out a tweet yeah. with a sword in his back and Pete DeBoer's yeah. name on it. If I'm Pete DeBoer, I'm over-communicating to those okay. two what my plan is. I'll if say- I'm rotating, I tell him I'm rotating. If I'm starting Flurry, I tell him I'm starting Flurry. If it's, hey, I don't know. Then hey, we're starting whoever game okay. one, and we'll see. See, then I think it's more apt to say either I don't know or we'll see. I don't think if there's any hint of doubt in his mind, he would tell Leonard you're absolutely starting game two if he doesn't know that. I wouldn't do that. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. Then you can just leave it as markets game one. We're gonna see how it goes. I, you, that's what I would leave it at. You just can't, if you're Pete DeBoer, you just can't you can't imply or you can't leave Robin Leonard thinking he's going to start game two. If, unless you've made the decision you're doing you, the rotation. Yes, like you, then you, you are. You have to make it clear to him either we'll see. yeah, we'll see or I yeah. don't know. Like you can't there can't be any implication that you're keeping the rotation going and then you don't keep the rotation going. No, that's what I'm saying. You because, can't give him your word and and then back off and say you are absolutely starting game 2, the rotation set for the at least for this series we're going to go with it and then not go with it. Because that's last year was apparently a lack of communication to Flurry about what the plan was, or like Flurry thought he was going to be the starter well, is what it was. Flurry obviously communicated what he thought to his agent. <laughs> well, yes, but I mean, Flurry thought he was going to be the starter, and that apparently wasn't communicated well enough to him once they got to the bubble that, no, Leonard's going to be the starter. So to me, if you're DeBoer, you have to over-communicate. Whatever your plan is, you have to over-communicate it and make sure Leonard and Flurry know exactly what you're doing. Because whoever doesn't play the most is going to be upset and disappointed with it. Sure. But it's a lot easier to handle if you're told up front, yes. hey, yes. we're going with Flurry in every game. Yeah. Like, you know. Unless he loses two, right. I mean, or whatever. Like, hey, Flurry's the guy. Be ready, but Flurry's, it's a lot easier to handle that than if Leonard thinks, well, I'm going to play game two, four, and six, and then all of a sudden he doesn't play game two, four, or six right. because Flurry's good and he just sticks with him. 
you got to over-communicate when your goalie might tweet out a picture of a sword in the back with hey, your name on his it. his agent. Yeah, well. well who, we still, I think we asked this in the past. Who's Leonard's agent? I'm assuming Leonard. Are we would, watching him closely? Leonard's been tweeting a lot recently. So Maybe I'm he's his own agent. Leonard would tweet it out himself. Leonard's not sending that to his agent. Leonard's tweeting it out himself if he feels that way. Be awesome. Yeah, it's it's not going through an agent. If it's <laughs> anime Leonard. panda. Yeah, it's stabbed <laughs> yeah, in the panda back. stabbed in the back. Oh, man, he's got to send that out. Do you know how great that would, would think, be? It would be great if they were really good and they were winning. They're going to win the series, and you did it as a joke. Oh, it'd be, yeah, that'd no, be awesome. That's, that's, I can't imagine he'd do it for real. They're up 3 like, nothing. Fleury's got three straight shutouts, yeah. and he tweets it out. <laughs> Whose name would be on the blade? <laughs> well, you just put DeBoer on there. Just put again. on it. Yeah. I, I, we got to think of something funnier than DeBoer. No, that's what Fleury was mad at. That's if, if Fleury and starts all we all know all it's three, a joke, except... And there's a lot of people in this camp, the fanatics about Flurry. Oh, like yeah. we don't. If they're up three zero, it'd be they a joke. But the fan- the oh, they lose their minds. They yeah. lose their minds. I would say eight percent of fans would think it was funny, and ninety-two oh, yeah. percent would be like, yeah. "How could you do that? How could you do that? You're Flurry jinxing took us. you into his home." <laughs> All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's briefs. Bischoff's briefs. We, we take a lot of pride in being very analytical here. Um, we use a lot of statistical data, tendencies. Bischoff's brief. Got a lot of respect for the percentages of blitz on second and one to six, third and five to ten. Bischoff's briefs. We take analytics as far as we can, but at the end of the day, there's still a lot of human error that I continually make. Bischoff's briefs. I don't believe any of those statistics. I think it's all hotline. Before I get into Bischoff's briefs today and Derek Carr's unbelievably low interception rate, I have a new favorite player, Marlon Humphrey, who plays for the Baltimore Ravens. Because Marlon Humphrey tweeted yesterday, Texas A&M athletic facilities and campus is the best I've ever seen. If I could do it again and repick a college... I still wouldn't consider them, but wow, I love it. (laughs) So Marlon Humphrey is still is now my king of facilities don't matter in college football recruiting because he loves their facilities, but wouldn't even consider going back to Texas A&M if he was back in college. So Marlon Humphrey's a hero and he will be the example I need anytime somebody tries to tell me that UNLV is recruiting well because of Allegiant Stadium. Marlon Humphrey here. All right. All right. Bischoff's briefs today is looking at interceptable passes. So Derek Carr does a very good job of not throwing interceptions. Um, Football outsiders, they go through and basically look at, okay, how many passes they try to come up with an actual accurate number of, Hey, how many passes should have been intercepted for each quarterback last year? Because interceptions get dropped and, some interceptions end up going, you know, off a receiver's hands up in the air and intercepted. So basically they go in and they add interceptions where receiver or defenders just dropped them and they subtract out interceptions where receivers, it goes off their hands. They should have caught it. So Derek Carr last year, Derek Carr last year threw nine real interceptions. Two of those were off of his wide receivers hands. Two of those were good passes, open receivers, and they just got deflected by his own receiver and got intercepted, but he had three more that were dropped by defenders. So Derek Carr had 10 interceptable passes last season. And when you adjust for, you know, how many attempts passing attempts he had last year, 
He had the lowest amount of interceptable passes in the NFL last year. The rest of the top five, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Jared, Gardner Minshew. Yeah! (laughs) He's back! So Gardner Minshew, very good at not throwing interceptions. Get this Lawrence bum out of here! <laughs> like Derek Carr. Uh, but what I take from that, and not that we haven't known that Derek Carr doesn't throw interceptions. That's been He's like, like Alex Smith. Right. It's one of the biggest like highlights of him. But Derek Carr, for his entire career, has been on the wrong type of team. Because Derek Carr is a, and this sounds like an insult, but it's not. Derek Carr is a safe quarterback. Mm-hmm. He doesn't take a ton of chances. Although last year he threw down the field more than I think I think he ever has in his career. Maybe 2016 he was more, but he threw down the field more last year than he pretty much ever has. But he's still ultimately he's a safer quarterback. He doesn't take the right. chances. Like he and Justin Herbert are kind of the opposite. Justin Herbert to a fault throws down the field all the time. Derek Carr a little bit to a fault doesn't throw down the field enough. But Derek Carr is the perfect quarterback for a team with a great defense. He is the perfect quarterback for a team that is, okay, our defense is the strength of the team. All we need is for you to not be terrible. Don't give the other team the manage ball the game. at the 35-yard line, right? Hold on to it. And he doesn't throw interceptions. He does fumble a lot. That could be an issue. But he doesn't throw interceptions. He's a safe quarterback. He gets you a lot of times to third and two. And last year, they were very good on third and two when passing. Not when running. They were terrible in running short situations last year. But he's a he's a good quarterback for a team with a good defense. He he'd win a Super Bowl if he was on a team that had a top five defense. There's no doubt in my mind he would win a Super Bowl if he was on a team with a top five. With the defense. Buccaneers defense. He'd win a Super Bowl, right? He's he's good, right? If he was on the Steelers last year, they might have actually made it out of the first round of the playoffs, right? They might have actually made it to the AFC title game or something like that. He could have chased down that that. Snap that went the over. The snap over his head would have been a problem, yes, but like the seventeen Chase it down, he might have fumbled it. The seventeen interceptions after that wouldn't have happened with whatever the right. hell Ben Roethlisberger right. was doing in that game. He's back, right? So the problem, though, is in Derek Carr's entire tenure, they've had a bad defense. Like the one year they made the playoffs, the defense still wasn't good. They just actually got a lot of turnovers that year relative to the rest of the time he's been there. So he needs to be on a team that has a good defense and the Raiders have needed for the last decade, basically a quarterback that will chuck it down the field. Like I would argue right now, the Raiders would have a better chance to make the playoffs with Jameis Winston than Derek Carr. And it's not because Jameis Winston is better than Derek Carr. It's because the defense is going to give up 28, 29 points a game. Jameis Winston is more likely to throw for get you to 31 points per game than Derek Carr. Why do you think he's this way, given the year they made the playoffs and was by far his best year he would throw down the field? Well, because even that year, it's not like he was throwing it down the no, field. No, but more, though, he, he did was, throw it down more. It was more. And I would say, I mean, I had, was Amari Cooper uh, uh, and Crabtree. And Crabtree. Yeah. Okay. And okay. yeah. But I would say, since they traded away Amari Cooper, who's been his best deep threat? Like Darren Waller's a great tight end. He's not really he's not really a take the top off of the defense type of tight end. He'll do it every now and then, but it's more Darren Waller's more of the he's going to catch it in the five to fifteen right. yards and down the field gain, range. gain yards. Yeah, right. exactly. He's not a burn him deep. No. Like that's why they got Henry Ruggs, but Ruggs right. wasn't very good last right. season. So I think some of it is. They haven't really had a good deep threat. I mean, hell, Nelson Aguilar came in last year and is like, well, that guy can run down the field, right. so he's the best receiver on the team now. 
I will also say that he does. He hasn't necessarily had until Waller came on the Crabtree. My hands are made have gravitational pull type. Well, hell, Waller doesn't even catch everything. Waller's I don't. I wouldn't say he has a drop problem, but no, Waller's doesn't. He hasn't have had terrific hands. He's so conservative now. You're exactly right. Like the playoff year, he did throw down the field, but he's so conservative now. It almost makes me believe he did more of that. Yeah. Well, and, I, I, that, you know, that's how conservative he is now. Because I'm like, oh, that one year I saw him when he was people were talking about MVP. He threw down the field. He he tends to be a quarterback that. If his receiver doesn't come open, he's not going to give his receiver a chance no, to make a contested uh, play. Right. right, he's going to throw to the open yeah. guy. Which, again, there is a good side of that because you'll throw interceptions if you throw it to a guy who's not open. But you're also not giving your receiver a chance to make a play, make huge plays. Right, like Allen Robinson has led the NFL like over the last three years in contested catches, and it's because Allen Robinson might not be the best at getting open. But even when he's not open, if you give him a chance, he's going to go get it most of the time. If Allen Robinson played with Derek Carr, he probably isn't as good because Carr wouldn't give him those chances. But to be again, to be fair to Carr, who has he had over the last three or four seasons where you would say, yeah, give that guy a chance to make a play. Right. Maybe Darren Waller. But that's been it. Like since they got rid of Amari Cooper, they haven't had a receiver where you're like, yep, force it to that guy. He'll make a play. There's no Julio Jones. Say force it to him. He'll make a play. So some of it is the receivers, but some of it is just who he is as a quarterback. He's going to throw to the open guy. And if the guy's covered, he's not saying, hey, I'm giving you a chance. Go make a play for me. He just doesn't do that, which is usually a good thing. But if you need to score 35 points in a game like the Raiders often do, you might need to force it every now and then. Maybe that's one of the reasons Gruden loves him so much. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, it, it might be one of the reasons Gruden continues a, to say he's our guy. It keeps you in the game. Right. Like not throwing intercept. Like, Jameis, again, Jameis Winston would throw you out of the game in the first quarter. But he could also throw you into a win. Yes. And, and you know, if you get a good Jameis Winston game, you're going to win pretty much no matter what your defense does. Like, right. he's going to be phenomenal. But if you get a bad Jameis Winston game, you lose by 42. And, you know, that's that's tough to explain yeah. away. It's, it's, a lot, it's a lot safer to go with Derek Carr than is anybody else. Now, on adjusted uh, interception rate here, you guys want to take a guess as to who had the worst adjusted interception rate? That's a bunch of hogwash. Um, uh, it's going to be somebody that we're going to be surprised. Well, we're going to be surprised. No, 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 no. All right. Adjusted so interception rate. Yeah. Oh, that it's been Roethlisberger. No, Roethlisberger actually wasn't too bad last year. He was about really because I watched some games where he threw it directly to middle line. It's going to be a huge. Was, it looks like huge. the average is about three point four, and he was at three point three. It's going to so. be a huge name. No, not a huge name. Um, I'll give it away. Baker Super Mayfield, Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. Really? Tom Brady? Well, he's a huge name. Not the most recent Super Bowl I was going to say, he's the biggest name. A Super Bowl MVP. Oh. Russell Wilson? No. Man, I thought that hint would give it away. Nick Foles. Oh, uh, I don't uh, think of him uh, as an yeah, actual. I, did Super you want it? No, come I was on. actually at that game, and I, all I remember is Zach Ertz. The, uh, yeah, like <laughs> the worst five in terms of adjusted interception rate. Nick Foles was the worst. Sam Darnold was second worst. Ryan Fitzpatrick was third worst. Carson Wentz, fourth worst. And Mitch Trubisky, fifth worst. So just a bag full of so lousy. The, the number doesn't mean much because Fitzpatrick's on his 14th team. So people keep signing yes. him. So well, like, okay, but with Fitzpatrick, you know going in. He's going to try some bleep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's why you bring yeah. him in. For the exact opposite yeah. reason that you like Derek Carr is because 
He may lose you some games, but he also, his 42-year-old ass is just going to go, I bet I got enough arm. Gonna, you have, there's no evidence that you have enough arm. That's, I how, much I, enough uh, arm. that's how much I forgot. I, I covered it. That's how much I forgot Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. He was the totally. MVP. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I know. I, he I just, shouldn't have been. Yeah, it was they, one of those things where, like, okay, what what was the – do we remember the call? What was the famous call? Philly Philly. Yeah. But that Was that even in the Super Bowl or was that the year? Yeah, that was uh, in the no, Super Bowl. It was yeah. Super Bowl. Because Nick Bowl. Foles caught a touchdown yes. pass in the same game that yes. Brady dropped the pass. Yes. Because oh. the Patriots also ran a trick play and Brady dropped yeah. it. No, it was it was. A Super and Bowl. all the memes were the Super Bowl trophy going through Brady's hands yes. when he dropped the pass. Yeesh. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I just remember Brady keep like didn't he keep kept getting sacked by Fletcher Cox at the end? Like that's just like Yes. Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP. All right, coming up next, Jason Fitz joins the show. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. Aaron Rodgers is unimpressed with him, but we aren't. It's time for our weekly visit with ESPN's Jason Fitz. No, it's not. Jason Fitz is not here. And we are blaming Cassie Soto. Who, by the way, has already tweeted uh, pictures of her family consuming a lot of alcohol. drinking so badly. That, yeah, with Jason. cost us Jason Fitz. So, well, I mean. Take you guys behind the curtain. The rundown was pretty much completed yesterday. Yes. Jason Fitz was going to join us at 8.30, Cassie Soto at 9.30, and then uh, Cassie sends a text message in and says, hey, can I do 8.30 so my family and I can go drinking for breakfast at 9.30? So we said, okay. I mean, I've never turned down a drink in my life. So. Uh, we know you haven't, but we like to think other people have higher standards in life than you, Jared. I mean, I'm fun. I'm already ripping her on Twitter. We <laughs> just hear you typing. So instead, uh, we're going to do a spelling bee. Um, we're doing a spelling bee, the same format we've done in the past. Drafting spelling bee. Yeah, we're doing a drafting spelling bee. You guys, uh, we well, it's kind of a short one because, you know, they only had seven picks. They didn't have nine first round picks like they normally do with pe- players you've never heard of. But... Oh boy, yeah. I already know like three of these. I'm not gonna have any remember any idea. Okay, but all right. So what is this of the NFL draft? The yes. guys that yeah. And remember, you can always ask for it in a sentence and the origin. That, and the origin yeah. is something that honestly took me a long time to figure out on some of that these. That never guys. helps. That never helps. It's not, not supposed to supposed help. To. It's for the it's listeners the to laugh. Bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> None of this right. is supposed to help us. Let's all right. start. Let's start off simple. Tyler, this is your first word. Alex Leatherwood. All right, I'm a little concerned because it's going to be like, his name is actually Alexander, and you got it wrong. But we'll go Alex Leatherwood first off. Do I want the origin first or the sentence first? The origin isn't great for him. All right, then you give me the but sentence. He does, but the origin does set up the rest of the origin. Okay, then give me the origin on Alex Leatherwood. The first round. <laughs> that was their actual first round pick. All right, get, use it in a sentence, please. Alex Leatherwood has thousands of memes saved on his phone. Sounds like a Raider already. He does have a lot of memes saved on his phone. Did you see that, by the yeah, way, Ed? Yeah. yeah. So, Alex Leatherwood, meme king. Uh, A-L-E-X-L-E-A-T-H-E-R-W-O-O-D. A-L-E-X-L-E-A-T-H-E-R-W-O-O-D. Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, I, 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 the joke of me fully expanding the name 
may have ran its course with the one where I just totally screwed over Ed. You did it to both of us, too. All, All right. right, Ed, here is your first word. Trayvon Merig. Would you like to hear the origin? I might as well. Back issues. <laughs> All right, Can I have here... it in a sentence? Trayvon Merrig might be the only healthy member of the Raiders, secondary by the end of the year. Thank God I wrote a column on this guy, but I'm trying to remember how to spell his name. Well, Trayvon's T-R-E-V-O-N. I mean, yeah, but... M O Morig. E-H-R-I-G. That's right, I wrote, a, I wrote a column right. on him. But I wrote a column on him, so that's unfair. R-I-G. Trayvon Mary. You know what? The, it's this morning. He scared the hell out of me, and I have to go back and look. I wrote a column the other day on Goodman in March, the mayorals. Uh, but I said Major League Soccer in there. But when you said this morning, I was like, oh, my God, did I write Major Soccer League? <laughs> like, I have to go back and look. Like, when you said that this morning, I'm like, because that's easy to, like, you know, you type in, like, you, you get caught up in you things. You don't I'm think like, your editor would have caught that? Yes, he would have. <laughs> anyway. All right, Tyler, here's your... I just, when you said that this morning, I'm like, I'm actually going to go home and like look at that. Tyler, here's your second word. Malcolm Coons. Oh, oh, I think I know this one. I, I think, think I do too, I but I, I, I don't one. have a lot of All confidence. Right. I think I know this um, one. Please use Malcolm Coons in a sentence. Malcolm Coons could be good or a Raiders linebacker. What? <laughs> he either could or be a, good or, or a Raiders linebacker. Yeah, or just, you know, one of the Raiders linebackers. Okay. What here's is his the origin? origin? Got him in the Rodney Hudson trade. Okay. <laughs> Malcolm Koontz, um, Baby Khalil Mack. Yeah. M-A-L-C-O-L-M-K-O-O-N-C-E. Yep. Yeah. M-A-L-C-O-L-M-K-O-O-N-C-E. Malcolm Koontz. All right, I Ed. hope this means Ed gets the one I'm scared of. Divine Diablo. Yes. <laughs> Here's the origin. Heaven or hell. <laughs> it's a great name. It would is you a like phenomenal it in a, name, Would you like it way. in a sentence? <laughs> well, I don't want to, but you went to so much work. Yes, I'll have it in a sentence. Divine Diablo is a very confusing name. It's a phenomenal but, name. There's no but chance confusing. I'm getting this. There's no chance. D-E-V-I-N-E. Hold on. <laughs> Jared wasn't paying enough attention. Uh, no, you were. Yeah, I wasn't. Is that right? Uh, yes. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm missing this one. I mean, I'll just go with the straight one, knowing it's wrong. D-I-A-B-L-O. D-I-V-I-N-E-D-E-A-B-L-O. Oh, no chance. Divine Diablo. Yeah, no chance. Yeah, I was scared of that one. No, no chance. I wasn't getting that. All right, Tyler. Wait a minute. What position does he play? Everything. He is both divine and from hell. So No, what What did they draft him as? Oh, he's a defensive back. They're yeah. gonna... I wouldn't have to worry about him. <laughs> yeah, not with this. They have so many first and second <laughs> round picks in the debate. We'll have to worry that, about him. Uh, yeah, no, I'll we'll be writing his name on deadline. <laughs> Tyree Gillespie. Pretty sure it's Gillespie, but I'm not 100%. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I'm a little afraid of the last name, but first, I want the origin. PJ Hall failed a physical. <laughs> because PJ Hall failed a physical, the Raiders were given a, a compensatory pick. Okay. And he resulted in Tyree Gillespie. Can you use it in a sentence? Ed Graney will confuse Tyree Gillespie for a member of Deuce's staff. <laughs> By the way, based on the way he plays, I think we're going to confuse him for Jonathan Abram every time he's on the field. I think. I, I think. No, I just I saw a picture of him, but I, I'm like, I think that guy's just 
got to be a I know the first four letters, and I know there's another letter in it. But other than that, I, I, I'd fail on this one. This is this all is, right. So Tyree Gillespie. Tyree's gonna be easy. T Y R E E. Yeah. Gillespie. I should know how to spell Gillespie. Well, you know the first four letters. It's the it's the, if there's yeah. another vowel in the in the last <laughs> half of it that would screw you up. Another couple. Of all vowels. right. Gillespie is gonna be G I L L E S P I E. Oh, that's good. That's good. T Y R E E G I L L E S P I E. I definitely would have gone Gillespie. G I L L. Then I would have gotten a little like, All right. caught up in it. You're, you're gonna you're gonna hate me for this oh, one God. because this is this one's gonna be really difficult. Are for any of these people names I have to write? Or are they gonna make the team? Uh, not, oh, not, we're getting into the, the late rounds yeah, now. Not so into this is, half. so uh, even if I bungle these names, it's not gonna bug me in the I, future. I don't I don't know how you're gonna get this one. I Nate won't. Hobbs. Who? Nate Hobbs. N A T E. Ask for the origin. What's the origin? Gabe Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Can you put Hobbs in a sentence? Nate Hobbs will surely have the same production as Gabe Jackson. H-O-B-B-S? N-A-T-E. H-O-B-B-S. Nate Hobbs. He's the corner out of Illinois? Yes, and he was the one who... Why am I getting all the DBs who I won't have to write? No, but that's also the thing. is When they traded Gabe Jackson, one of the picks (laughs) they got... Gabe Jackson's been involved with four of these names. (laughs) One of, they, one of the picks turned into Nate Hobbs. <laughs> Did they draft somebody? Oh, they had the center in the seventh round whose name I can't oh, remember. All right, you ready? Here he comes. Ty- I remember. Tyler, this oh, is to win, and to win the NFL Spelling Bee Series. Yes. Let's go. Jimmy Morrissey. Oh, you'll get this. Uh, the first name might be a little weird. I don't know. All right. Uh, please use Jimmy Morrissey in a sentence. Jimmy Morrissey will be occupying Andre James' spot <laughs> on the bench this season. I thought you were just saying the starting lineup. <laughs> That's going to be the starting lineup. All right, uh, you ready for the origin? Yes. Might, might as well. Somehow, the Jets and the 49ers? Seriously. Anyone know how the Raiders got this pick? I looked it up multiple times, and multiple different sources said that this is somebody's seventh-round pick. It's not the Raiders' seventh-round pick. I thought pick. it was the Jets. Yeah, but I also found it being attributed to the through the 49ers. So somehow the Jets and the 49ers had a trade. So it, and the so it might have originally been someone else's pick, but I couldn't figure out anyone writing it up. Uh, I forgot his name in the last minute. Jimmy Morrissey. Okay. <laughs> Probably is. All right, hold on. I got to look to see this. if I did. Let, 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 I got to pull up something you get real this. quick. So should I start spelling or yeah. do you, I need to wait on you? You may want to think about this before you start oh, spelling. Oh, God. Is it James? I'm going to punch you in the face if I spell Jimmy and it's James. All right. I'm going to leave the studio. Jesus. Okay. Jimmy Morrissey is J-A-M-E-S-M-O-R-R-I-S-E-Y. I'm going to have to give you... I'll give you partial credit. Would Jimmy have been I-E or Y? D-A-V-I-D. M O R R I S S E Y. You just threw I-D. in his middle name, David? Jimmy Morrissey. He's the fourth. But you didn't. Yeah. He's the fourth. James well, David Morrissey. Was Jimmy I E or Y? That's where I would have gotten caught. Oh, up I in. just spelled James. Right, yeah, right. I no, would have gotten I, caught up in like the Jimmy. No, no, that's that's. And uh, I got it right. He had him spell James over there. <laughs> I. They're all late round picks. Will I ever be writing about them? Round picks. <laughs> well, yes. this guy, we could be. They only. They, he's probably competing for the starting center job. Yeah, he and Jared Jones Smith yeah. are going to be 
dominating okay. on the offensive so line. So the whole premise of that particular spelling bee's joke is that basically only two of those picks were the Raiders, and the rest of them came from them randomly right before the draft starting like a fire cell on their own offensive yes. line. Give us picks. Somehow wound up with like a medium level defensive end and a bleak ton of DBs. And they would have had more if they hadn't traded up in the second round. They would have, what did they give up for that? A, a fourth, a third, a fifth? I don't know. I can't remember, but they would have had more middle round picks if they hadn't traded up in the second round. Hell, they, they should have had more if they traded back in the first round. Would have been great. Yeah. So Tyler won that spelling bee. We will go. Uh, we will. We will bring up a spelling bee if no one basically from if the Golden Knights do not make the Stanley Cup Finals, there will be a Stanley Cup Finals spelling bee. Oh, stop that'll the Kuch- good. Stop no, the Kucher off. Well, we before we even we get will, beginning, we will, we'll suck it. Oh that. my god. <laughs> If you go the hardest names like a Stanley Cup final, yeah. we have no chance. If no. you like, we could do it for Minnesota right now. Their best no. player, yeah, no Kaprizov. No, no chance. I don't even know how to pronounce you, his you first just name. Control so. V anytime you yeah. need to write. I, I would go K and stop. Yeah, I don't even know how to, <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce his first name. Like Kirill, but there's I don't know. Like is, oh yeah, is that is that one of the things that the Golden Knights media has been like sort of spoiled on? Is that Basically, everyone has a last name yeah. that's pretty uh, spellable. Marcia is the worst. I've written that's just because it's long. Yeah, though. I've written them enough to know. But if I would have gone in like uh, cold on Patrick and Marcia, so like if I hadn't known him or written them, I especially Patrick I actually to this day will look up Patrick sometimes because I don't write it enough. But yeah, there's some names like Marcia and Patrick Well, luckily the playoffs are coming up. You yeah. won't have to write it at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you want to do it, Jared, a spelling bee of all the teams that didn't make the playoffs from the West. Oh, good God. So you can go through all, what, four teams and yeah. come up with the best names that we have to spell. Q- no? Q-U-I-C-K. <laughs> <laughs> well, just say it. There you go. I've tied. Except he may know. Except does B- he spell Jonathan? <laughs> B-R-O-W-N. <laughs> I've got two for two. <laughs> Are you spelling all the American names yes. on the LA Kings? <laughs> yes. Exactly. M I L L E R. I've now switched over to the other Orange County team. Who was it I was uh, talking to that basically couldn't ever remember where to put the hyphen in Marc Andre Fleury? Oh, between either Mark and, Ar- <laughs> yeah, Mark and Andre and I, I can't Andre remember. Fleury. It was me. Oh, it was Tyler. Okay. <laughs> because there's so many damn hyphenated names in this city, he's the only one with his first name hyphenated. <laughs> Everybody else has, you have your last name hyphenated. He has his first name hyphenated. Outlines you can even go long. back to, you can even go back to UNLV, like in Tomboy, no chance. Start, I think it starts with a T. He would know. It starts with an N. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. Joel Tomboy, but it's a silent N. See, I, right there, I missed. Yeah. I, I, You're I'm not t- on, you You were never Mbake on. Mbake Zhang, I know the last one. I could do that one. I don't know if I could do his whole name. It starts with I a could C, right? Chekna. Oh, it does, that's not. It starts with a C. I don't understand. That's not actually like he's never gone by. No, Shekna it's in Bak- no, exactly. Or um, Shekna in Bake Zhang. Yeah. Um, but they had some names that you'd kind of. Travel Beck. In you, in you. <laughs> How about Ike Wamu? Do you remember Ike Wamu? In W A M U? Nailed it. Look at you go. You Is wrote, that it, right? You yeah. wrote a lot of columns about <laughs> And I didn't even write about that guy. Well, I might have at some point. I don't oh, know. Oh, Ike Wamu was great. That guy came here, he had won a dunk contest. I like that guy. <laughs> Wait, maybe, maybe that's what UNLV needs to start doing is how do you join the UNLV basketball contest or I, UNLV basketball team? Just win a, a regional dunk contest. It'd be better if they had guys. I played tennis dunk. with Otzelberger. Not sure I can say, spell his name. 
I don't. I, it, the only thing on the tennis on the scoreboard was OTZ. There was a scoreboard? No, I'm just kidding. No, oh, no, no, no. Which remember, would have been great, but no, no, Matt no, Eumann no, was doing the no. play-by-play. <laughs> and, and clicking the scoreboard. No, there was not. Coming up next, <laughs> more Dream Breakdowns with Ed Graney. Kenyon Drake, J-O-K-E-R, Joker. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. All right, Ed, Golden Knights' first game in the playoffs is against the Wild. Sunday at noon. Four two nights. Oh, big win to start the yeah. playoffs. Four two nights. Who scores? Uh so M A R. Um C H Y uh Marchi Marchi Marchi. Tuck. Uh, who else? I'd like to say Patrick Eddie, but he might not even plan. Stone? Uh it's a tough one. Can't give it a can't give it a glass or he'll still be down below. Um maybe <laughs> an empty netter by like Carrier. I mean, I just think they're gonna get to four. I think they'll get to four. I don't think Carrier will be on the ice when there's an know. empty net. I mean, I don't know, but maybe he will be. <laughs> maybe the know. better question is who who plays for the Golden Knights? Like yeah. I, well, I am genuinely fascinated. Oh, what the Patch Ready is. thing's interesting if he's if he's not like I said they just pushed McCrimmon's press conference to eleven, but uh, I assume that's one of the first questions he's getting asked. And of course, if he doesn't want to answer, he won't because it's injuries. Uh, maybe he will. I don't know what else. I mean, you ask him about the Minnesota matchup and why they haven't matched up well with them. I think Flurry starts. Uh, I think he gives up a few plays really well because he's played really well, and then. The fact, and like we said, the two fascinating things about this entire series: what's he doing the goalies and who's healthy. Other than that, yeah. well, because they go. they just played a game with like Dylan Sakura on the third line. Like, are they playing a playoff game with Dylan? Did he Sakura? know? Did he do enough with the two goals? Yeah. Did he? Did he make it? Did he prove himself worthy? He did more than Cody Glass did. I'll say that. Yeah. But like, they just played a game with Dylan Sakura on the team because they weren't healthy enough. Was he five on five goals? Uh, yes, oh, I believe both of them more were. than the glass. Yeah, I did. You didn't need the power play. So I am fascinated. <laughs> how healthy are they? Like, obviously, yeah. Pacioretty's the big one. Yes, but they've got other injury problems. Like Ryan Reeves is expected to be back. Like, but Ryan Reeves on the fourth line shouldn't make too big of a difference. Like, who? What? Nick Waugh hasn't played in. Yeah. Or no, no. Excuse me. No shit. Other way around. No shit. Waugh's back. No shit hasn't yes. played in a right. little bit. Like, how's Peyton Krebs face? Well, he's not playing. How shocked would you be if Leonard led them out, percentage-wise? I mean, technically, if they're keeping the rotation, it's Mark, it's uh, Robin, Robin Leonard's, Leonard's game. Turn. I'm just saying. Technically, if they're keeping the rotation, it's I'm Leonard's te- game. We thought we we were pretty convinced it was going to be Flurry against Colorado, and then it wasn't. So if they are keeping the rotation, uh, he's going to be out there Sunday. That. I'll tell you one thing. If he's out there Sunday, they are keeping the rotation. I would think. I mean, imagine Leonard starting game one and, and getting uh, yeah, a shutout shut and getting game two as well. Whew, Alan well, Walsh. Well, Alan Walsh would fly into the town. Oh, He'd fly in. He'd put be his here. tweets on notification. Oh, man. I mean, for the show, it'd be awesome. It'd be great. <laughs> I mean, my, what if, okay, but they're, they're missing so many dudes. Maybe they need Flurry to dress up as a forward. That's what I said. He yes, should have been playing forward. They didn't need a backup goalie those last few games. He should have been playing on the wing. So Leonard leads him out onto the onto the ice, and the last guy off is just is Mark Andre Flurry in a really too, way too big jersey that's supposed to fit over bigger pads. 
man, what if he put? What if he starts Leonard? Oh, the response from the weird flower emoji people. And, and, this oh, is the so resp- disrespectful. The response would just be insane. And then he loses. Oh, town would go. It'd be, it'd be over. It'd be over. Leonard. Leonard is the goalie of the future because he's under contract for longer and he's younger. But Flurry's been so good this season that I just I, I can't. It's, it's solid. It's the same argument last year when we said Leonard is the goalie because last year Leonard was significantly better than Flurry over the course of the season, and it's the same thing this year. Like Flurry, granted Leonard hasn't been bad like Flurry was bad last year, but. Flurry's been a top five goalie and Leonard's been, you know, above that. Like he's been so much better that that's what it should be, that it should yeah. absolutely be Mark Andre Flurry. And I think they can beat Minnesota with either one. Like again, it's not like they're going to a bad goalie in Leonard. I think they can beat Minnesota with either one, but I think also though, and DeBoer did admit this after one of the losses to Minnesota, like he admitted it, like, look, it happens in sports teams get inside your head. They go down like 1-0 to that team, which you've already given up home ice at that point, and then you're going to have to go to Minnesota where you don't play well. <sighs> okay, I, I'm not saying they wouldn't win the series, but they go down 1-0 against those guys, then it's going to start seeping in. Let me. Uh, we'll, we'll make the argument for Leonard then is if Pete DeBoer truly believes Minnesota's in their head, doesn't Flurry have his worst record against any team yes. against Minnesota yes, individually, yes, which yes. includes obviously his time in Pittsburgh right, before right. he yeah, got which, here? Yeah, yes, he but does. But if Pete DeBoer believes yes. in the idea that a team can be in your head, and if any team's in the Golden Knights' head, it's the Minnesota Wild. Like even this year, the Golden Knights only won one game in regulation against the Wild. Only one game in regulation. They don't get three on three overtime to bail them out in the playoffs. Like if you if you truly believe a team can be in your head and you believe the Wild are in the Golden Knights' head, and you believe the Wild might be in Marc-Andre Fleury's head, that would be the argument you make. Now, granted, Leonard just played against Minnesota and gave up two goals in the final 90 seconds, and they blew it. They would have been been playing St. Louis if that hadn't happened. But that's the only argument. I think either that or, hey, we're just continuing the strict rotation. Those are the only two arguments, because otherwise it's – Kind of dumb because Flurry's been so much better. Uh, please start Leonard, and we can all go to Alan Walsh's Great. Twitter page immediately. I, am, I mean, it's what I'm cheering for. Well, sure, because it's, it's what I hope happens. That, it's complete chaos. With is that, that guy. Leonard starts? It'll be great.